Hello, dearest friends. Happy Thanksgiving. Well, it's Thanksgiving Eve right now, technically, but this podcast is going to come out Thanksgiving morning. It's my uh, turkey day gift to you. So maybe you're driving to see the family and you need something to listen to. Hope I can do that for you. Or maybe just as an option, you need a little alone time because I don't know, someone's talking too loud. I know that happens in my family. Pop some headphones in, go in your bedroom and listen to my podcast. I don't know. Welcome back to the episode of Be Here for a While. This episode of Be Here for a While is brought to you by some awesome, awesome companies that also will make great gifts. Joy, Plant Package, and Hempland USA. You'll hear more about them later. Get some discount codes and uh, we'll be well on our way. I, If I sound rushed right now, it's because I can't wait to go eat a big meal right now with my fam. We're going out to my favorite Mexican restaurant in La Quinta called Casa Mendoza. I think that's what it's called. Yeah. And they got some, they have some sauce they put on a shrimp that I cannot figure out what the secret ingredient is, but it is incredible. So if you're ever in La Quinta, California, you go find Casa Mendoza. Um, also, everything's about food. I'm so sorry, but I'm really not because it's what makes me happy. Do you know how many hours yesterday I spent making homemade ramen for my family? Look at all these different genres of food, by the way, we're doing. So I made homemade ramen. Yes, it did take 12 hours. Do I recommend it for someone that's not insane? Not really. But if you are insanely interested in food and cooking, um, I'm going to post a link uh, on my website eventually. I'm going to try to do it like next week on the... So I studied... I went to so many different recipe sites and and I, I watched videos on how to do it. Like I... For probably a week leading up to Thanksgiving, because my my meal I was making um, the, the week of, not on Thanksgiving, this was yesterday, was going to be like a kind of, you know, Asian-inspired night. So I made Korean barbecue, also we'll post a recipe about that. And then uh, I wanted to make ramen on the side. And uh, yeah, it took, it took 12 hours, but incredibly, incredibly delicious. Excuse me, just burped right in your face. Um, maybe that's the ramen coming up. But anyways, uh, yeah, it, you know, it was just kind of something fun and different to do with my fam. And it's actually not expensive at all to make any of those things. So, but while I'm in, okay, so I'm in the kitchen for 12 hours making the ramen. I don't have to stand there the entire time. It's just, I had to off and on during the day monitor, you know, that it, make sure it wasn't boiling over because I didn't put it in a crock pot. Don't want to do that. I had just done it the traditional style. And when I wanted to go and do something, my mom would monitor it. So it wasn't just like sitting there the entire time. But when it was getting close to like go time when the meal was going to be ready and, and, you know, my nanny and my uh, grandpa Dick and my sister and her kids and my mom, dad and uh, Greg, my boyfriend were all there. And I'm standing in the kitchen and everyone is, you know, talking and having fun. And I realized I was actually having so much fun just cooking but I wanted to like interact with them. So I would like hear half things of what they were saying, but it was like loud in the kitchen. And it's like, Greg is meeting my family for the first time. And, you know, I just wanted to make sure like no one said anything that creeped him out. And uh, I think it went successfully, but I heard some lingerings of things. I was like a little like, stop saying that. You're going to scare him away. I know all you guys want me to do is get married. Oh God, that's another story. My nanny. So Greg and I just started dating. It's been since May. All right. That's what six months not a long time yes we were friends for three years before so we knew each other but not the time you start saying weird shit and I guess my nanny which is her mom told my mom 
uh, the other day. She just was talking to her on the phone and she was like, so um, have they set a date yet? You you don't set a date when you're not even engaged and you've already been you've only been dating six months. Like they're just so so desperate. But I feel like that is like a just a mom thing. Maybe it's an Italian thing. I have no idea, mom grandma thing. But I also think that my my grandma and my mom. I think they just want like it makes them feel like settled. Maybe that like okay, Rachel's she's married and then she's in a house with a man that can protect her. And okay, well now I can sleep at night. Like I was fine before. I'll be. F- you, you know, ho- hopefully better whenever it happens or not. I mean, I'll be f- fine and happy either way, but it's just so funny. I think, I think in my family, it's just like such a safety thing. Like when I go on the road to do stand up, my mom always asks me, well, who's going with you? Well, sometimes it's just me. But the, uh, my last trip when I was in Philly and Delaware, I told her Greg was going and she goes, okay, good. I feel so much better. I was like, what this is what <laughs> families. I'm sure you're having some experiences there yourself. Uh, And speaking of shows, guys, get tickets to my show in Detroit on February 19th. I'm doing it with Kristen Doty. I'll be doing stand-up, and then I'll bring her up on stage to do a live podcast. Same thing with March 28th at the Governor's Club in Long Island, and then March 29th at uh, Laugh Boston in Boston. Same thing. I'll be with her there. Same setup. Me do stand-up. Then I bring her up on stage, and we do a live podcast and Q&A together. Uh, It's going to be a blast. Oh, and Denver. Tickets aren't available yet, but Denver is going to be January 17th, and I will let you know where the tickets are for that. But right now, you can get tickets at uh, uh, Comedy Castle in Detroit, and then Governor's Comedy Club in Long Island, and then Laugh Boston in Boston for those. So really looking forward to seeing you guys, and now let's get to the podcast. My guest today, okay, she's from Bachelor Nation, and I could just ask only Bachelor questions, but when I started researching her, I was like, she is one of the most interesting people I've re- like just the things that she's into. She's incredibly intelligent. And um, so I decided to kind of veer off of only talking about um, Bachelor Nation. And we just talk about like her life and what led her from being a shy kid to then being on reality TV. And I think you're really going to love her. So without further ado, Kendall Long. Kendall, thank you so much for doing this. Of course. Yeah, I'm excited to be on. Yeah, I, uh, okay, so I have done a ton of research on you over Ooh, the bring past. It on. <laughs> I think maybe, well, I rescheduled yesterday, I think, well, partially because I had to go to an event and I didn't feel like I had enough time to get ready. But then I also was like, I don't think I did enough research yet. Yeah. And today I feel like I have done a, a good deep dive into who you are. Ooh, all the dirt. <laughs> well, but I really wasn't researching like anything bachelor wise, like anything yeah. bad. Like I, I was more just like, who is, who, who is this person? Like what, what, what fuels you? What makes you, you? And that was what I found the most interesting. Oh, so, thank you. all right, let's start with the taxidermy, I guess. Why what, not? You know, diving into taxidermy. Yeah. What, what, what started that? And you, I, I saw something where your your parents were like, I guess this is a thing now, and yeah. we do this. Yes. So initially, they were, not that they were against it, they just didn't really understand why I had such a fasc- fascination with it, or they thought it was a phase. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've always been into like documentaries and zoology and botany, and so... Um, what do you think started that, though? Like, wh- what, would, what do you think piqued your interest into that? I think it was just... Um, Growing up, my parents would always make it a point for us to be around nature and to explore and to be curious. So Mm -hmm. um, I just would want to know the answers to, oh, what is that animal? Or what is this weird slime thing that, you know, 
it's like some kind of mushroom or so I just wanted to find those answers and so I would read about what those things were research what those things were um and I found the more that I knew about the world the more it was easier to have conversations with like people yeah you know? that, yeah that makes sense yeah, yeah. I, I also when you when you were on the uh Becca and Jess podcast you also said that it was like a insecurity thing where you felt like well, I just got to give people facts. Yeah, exactly. People used to call me the did you know girl. So I would um, research things, watch documentaries, and how I would input uh, myself into a conversation would be, did you know that like someone's having a conversation about whales? And I was like, did you know that? Blah, 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 you know? And Which is actually very interesting. Yeah, it would just yeah. be a way for me to have something to say. But do you feel like, you, were you doing it to overcome, like, the fact that you're really pretty and, like, you felt like, oh, maybe people don't think I'm super smart or... I'm, I grew up, I, I grew up um, being more so, I guess my, I'm not going to say my only friend was my sister, but we moved around a lot and mm -hmm. it was always really difficult for us to fit in um, and we got bullied a little bit and, Aww. I mean, I'm sure a lot of kids have experiences like that. And, and for, Well, explain it. Yeah, that, that's horrible. Yeah. And for me, I felt like because um, I struggled socially, um, being able to be smart was something that I can kind of hold on to or just research thing, researching things was something that I really enjoyed doing and it was something you could do by yourself, you mm -hmm. know? Um, and so I think when you feel like you don't have an identity, you kind of want to, you know, build yourself. So yeah. because I felt so um, not cool <laughs> I was like well this is something that I am good at that I like doing yeah so I focus more on that as opposed to trying to be cool it's interesting though that like okay so you are a beautiful girl and, and you ended up on reality tv and, and they like what about you didn't feel cool like you um I think I just measured my worth when I was a lot younger with if people wanted to be around me, mm -hmm. you know, or, um, and I was also painfully shy. My sister and I were very, very shy. So, mm -hmm. um, I wouldn't put myself out there and try to, um, not that I didn't understand relationships. I just, I just saw safety in having my twin sister there and we were best friends. So, um, I don't know, I guess I was never invited to parties or, you know, to hang out with the cool kids. I felt very alone and it could have been something that I created within myself because I was so shy. But mm -hmm. um, yeah, I guess I saw sanctuary and at least having a book to read or, yeah, you know, focusing on that as opposed to going out. Yeah. Do you think like being a twin too, though, is like has like, so I, some of my best friends growing up were twins and I think there must be some comfort in that. Well, yeah, there's always someone there. Yeah. You know, so, and you yeah. almost depend on that and you think, oh, because I have a twin sister, I always have at least one person that I know when I go to school. There's at least one person that I know when I go to any kind of event. Mm -hmm. um, and so maybe it does kind of inhibit the ability to develop social relationships because you have that something to lean on. Yeah. Um, and so whenever she was sick, I remember going to school and just hanging out in the bathroom the entire recess because I didn't have the safety of having someone that I already knew and oh, so I so much sense. Yeah. So yeah, like you were feeling like the yeah. yeah. And also probably sympathy pain too, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like also, you know, she'd be sick and I almost would feel like I wish I was too so I wouldn't have to face being by myself in like yeah. a social setting at school. 
But I, then I, now, now I also find it super interesting, though, that then you were later in life, and I want to circle back on like why you guys moved a lot and stuff. Mm-hmm. But like, but then later in life, you went on reality TV, which is the most scary thing ever. I think. I mean, yeah, it is very scary. So to think be. about your trajectory of like being too afraid to be at school without your sister, and then like what changed in you from? I think college was a huge step. I mean, of course, as I grew older, I developed stronger relationships with people and I became more confident in who I was. And I also started, my identity started to be like the factual person and to be someone who like had all this knowledge. So, you know, I liked that. And I I think I grew into that. Mm -hmm. And then when I was in college, um, my sister and I went through a period of independence where, um, we became more individual as opposed to depending on each other so much for our identity as like the twins. We were now Kendall and Kylie. So, yeah. Oh yeah. shit. I know. Didn't right? know that. All right. Oh, I know. Right. Jeez. Also, yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Right. So my brother's name is Robert, so it doesn't help the situation. This is not getting any better I know. for you. I know. Was pan- there a murder trial that happened at all? I sure no. hope not. Not yet. <laughs> We're knock on wood or wherever that is. But was your dad a lawyer? I don't know. No. I mean, you know, my dad, well, my family's artists. I think they copied our names because my yeah. sister and I are older than the okay. other yeah. people. But, um, but no, you're not. How old are you? Uh, 28. No, the the Kardashians or well, Kendall Kim and Kylie. Kylie. Are, yeah, yeah, they're younger. They're like, yeah, yeah, in their young twenties. I'm not sure. Who knows? But. Yeah, but I'm thinking like like <laughs> Kim is like close to forty. I think. Oh yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, we'll have a Kim somewhere in our family. <laughs> yeah, you got you got to do you got to complete the circle at this point. Exactly, we just have to continue with the. Yeah, that'd be funny. (laughs) Joy is your ultimate wedding planning resource. Plan your wedding with less effort. Joy is your one-stop shop for wedding planning and much more. For couples planning their wedding, Joy lets you share your wedding details, collect RSVPs, track responses, and communicate with guests all in one place and all for free. It's powerful yet simple. Guests can easily RSVP from your wedding app, whether you send digital invites, paper, or both. It controls who sees which events using our guest labeling technology. You know, are you having a rehearsal dinner for just close family and friends? You can create private events for some guests without making them visible to everyone. Ask custom RSVP questions and meal preferences, assign and limit plus ones, easily import and export your spreadsheets. It just, it brings your unique vision expressed through a fully matched wedding website. Whatever theme you choose, all parts of your wedding will match your website. Emails, save the dates, invites. Joy makes it easy for you to create a beautiful wedding website and they have the most intuitive user interface. You can choose from hundreds of designs from the Joy Studio to match your unique vision and style and more. Create your wedding registry and link your existing ones in one convenient place. I have awesome customer support to help you every step of the way. So, Head to withjoy.com slash free to create a wedding website today. That's withjoy.com slash free to create a wedding website today. Yeah, so we're more individual. Yeah, but I and my memory of my twin friends is just I, I consider them children just like, oh, it's the twins. Like that's yeah. that's how you talk about them. Exactly. So that must be like, yeah, kind of weird. Yeah, and you also are grown up with someone growing up with somebody who's so similar to you. So the things that make you different 
are more um, magnified Mm -hmm. because everyone wants to be the person that sees the difference between the two twins. Like, oh, you have a mole here. Or, oh, your hair is parted this way. Oh, this. And Oh, that's so funny. People do do that. Everyone wants to be the one who discovered the difference. You know, it's kind of like a, you know, a cool thing. So, um, yes, my sister and I spent a lot of time being compared side by side, Mm -hmm. which, you know, psychologically, as females specifically, it could be intimidating to have to, be the best version of yourself or you're you're the one who's not the best version of each other you know oh my god i've I've never thought about that that has to be incredibly that's like the worst version of social media now meaning like you're just being in real life compared to someone that's kind of looks like you or does look like you but like who's the better one exactly exactly so i think in that kylie and i kylie and i have like discovered the best versions of ourselves or what make us individually our own selves, Mm -hmm. you know, and, uh, all in all, I think it helped us become who we were and Mm -hmm. I don't resent it at all. And we have an amazing relationship. Um, but yeah. And then after that, I, uh, how I got into reality TV, I was always the one behind the camera. So I was a production designer in the art department and I would help build sets. And so, um, I was, and I would watch bachelor when I was younger and I didn't have a TV, but when we were house sitting my parents' place, uh, The Bachelor was on. And we're like, oh, for old time's sake, let's watch it as like a group of girls, my parent, you know, when we're house sitting. Um, and so it was Rachel Lindsay's season, and it was like the dodgeball date. And my sister's like, oh, you would totally be great on Bachelor. And I was like, I would never do that. You know, of course, everyone's reaction initially yeah, yeah. is, I would never do that. Like, that's so, you know, it's like so sexist or degrading or, you know. Um, and then I was drinking wine. I decided that it would be a good idea to fill out the application while I was tipsy. And it ended up being, they called me the next day. I mean, <laughs> that's so interesting. So it was literally just like a, a spur of the moment thought. You yeah. did it. And then it, don't you yeah. think that sometimes like that that's the way life works for the most part where it's like, mm-hmm. it was a thought and it, but, but then it just sort of like happened. Yeah. It's usually, I think a lot of the people that I was talking to that got on the show, it was something they never really tried really hard to do. Mm-hmm. And I think if you really want it and you really try hard with it, it, it ends up not being as organic. Yeah. Yeah. Do, do you believe that in like life in general? Because I kind of do actually now that you're saying that like, yeah, anything you really like, you like white knuckle, white knuckle for like doesn't usually work out as much as like something that's like, oh, that was a good thought. Honestly, I feel like life is always the path you never expect. Like mm-hmm. I try not to have an actual specific goal that I have to follow, that I have to go by. I like to be open to different experiences because more times than not, I found myself taking a path that I never anticipated ever going down. Mm -hmm. And that's where I found the most success. Yeah. And are you, you happy with the fat, the, the path that's like the bachelor? Yeah. It's actually really remarkable. I, going into it, I mean, it was like on a whim when I was tipsy, when I signed up for it and I had absolutely no idea what my life would turn into afterwards and so now I have an amazing boyfriend and yeah from the whole thing yeah which is crazy never thought I would that would happen yeah and um we're happy and we you know we've found a road of success from the show and it's been really fortunate so it's been exciting so what I what I really liked about you when I heard the sorry (laughs) my thing does that so what I really liked about you when I heard the the Becca and Jess podcast is um you you were talking about uh you know relationships and and I guess they 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 said to you like oh you've only been in the, you know 10 month relate whatever and 
you said that you've realized you have to make yourself happy yes. before even entering into that. So tell me about your journey with that and how that's even played into your new relationship. Yeah. Because I love that about you. Oh, thank you. I mean, I am a serial dater. I was a serial dater when I was mm-hmm. younger. And so um, I felt like I definitely learned a lot from all of my relationships. But the one thing that I think makes this relationship that I'm in currently the most successful is the fact that I was able to be 100% happy um, and vulnerable within myself because I think mm-hmm. vulnerability is something that people think they have and then you realize oh vulnerability isn't just telling them about uh, you know maybe things in your past it's also presently something you have to actively yeah. keep on um, having in your relationship. Do you think that vulnerability helps your relationship? Oh hands down because yeah. in, vulnerabil- in vulnerability there's relatability mm-hmm. so I think by being someone that's um, emotionally obtainable with your partner is important. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I, I, like not being, uh, like a dictator of sorts in, in exactly. certain ways or, or just being like, this is what I am and this is what I'm doing. And it's like, Hey, this, this kind of sucks. And yeah. And, um, you know, usually I feel like I admire people who are willing to admit that they were wrong or, you know, or not wrong, but I mean, there's two different ways to view a situation mm-hmm. so when you're in an argument to admit that maybe not your side's not 100% right and their side's not 100% right but there it's okay to meet in the middle mm-hmm. and it's also okay to be completely wrong mm-hmm. um but but yeah I feel like with Joe and I before we had met going through the first show of The Bachelor was almost a completely trans like transformative experience for me in the sense that I was able to have more of an insight as to how I was in relationships Mm -hmm. because I would be extremely heavily guarded and very um prideful Mm -hmm. you know and and I don't think I really was as vulnerable as I thought I was interesting so did you experience that watching it back like seeing yourself I think it was mainly while I was in it so Uh I had amazing I had some amazing uh producers that I was working with and so they would you know, I mean, I think there's a difference between a friend who's like wants to tell you everything you want to hear and says that you're always right because whenever there's an argument, your friend has to be right, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what I experienced when I was on the show is that the producers were more so likely to give me their completely honest feedback. You know, like, hey, maybe you struggle with this or maybe, you know, you're falling short in this way. And um, I think it was that tough love that I needed to hear in order to... Yeah understand why I was so why I would uh what's it called when you why I was like a ruining my relationships before they had a chance to take the next step Mm -hmm. you know that's interesting but but is there another side to it too where you think about like well what makes these producers like an expert on anything but I guess they are just watching what you're doing so they're seeing your behavior and they're like well this could be but do you think they're following their own narrative too, though? That's like, you should be more like this because... Well, they always... Being on the show, you, they celebrate vulnerability. They celebrate you um, expressing how you feel and opening your heart and being genuine. And I think um, having that celebrated and being honest with the fact like, oh, maybe um, you do want to have marriage. Maybe being the kind of person to say you don't want it or you don't want to rush 
just to not scare the other person you're dating maybe that's not the uh, best way to go about yeah, it I see what you're saying you know? yeah yeah so yeah so they basically called you out on your games that you were maybe playing yeah yeah I mean games that maybe I wasn't aware of I'm I've been a and I can see after being on the show that I was a commitment phobe to a certain extent mm -hmm. although I was in these relationships I was never in anything longer than a year mm -hmm. so um I think I got to a certain point where I was like oh man it's getting too close I'm going to run away and then start over so it's something fresh and I don't have to work through the hard times yeah you know no I totally get that I feel like yeah. I've done that many times but I yeah. wonder like what like what it was it something from your childhood maybe that even made you like become a commitment phobe like well you said you moved around a lot so. yeah yeah so I think I definitely what your parents do why why was there moving around a lot um well we wouldn't really move around to like different states or anything it was more so the same kind of town mm -hmm. but different houses or different school districts but not too far away from where my dad worked um and I'm not really sure why we moved around so much um we just happened to maybe my dad would get like a better job and we get you know a different house or one house had bad not bad feng shui but it was like an unlucky house like a lot of awful things happened there so we moved again wait tell me about that yeah so I mean uh, we used to live on this I really hope it's like a ghost haunting thing well there's a couple of ghost haunting things that happened there one one thing was that um the woman who used to live in the house was Del Shannon's widow um, Who's Del Shannon again? He's like the singer that sang Runaway. I normally I know this kind of stuff. I don't think I know who that see is. If I can wait, wait, I'll, have to, wait. I'll have to find the song. Is see. it like an 80s song? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, this is like a very famous song. Yeah. Oh, and this is like the 50s. This isn't the 80s. This is like a long oh, yeah. time ago. Yeah, yeah. I'm not very good at times. <laughs> yeah. Oh, shit. No, I definitely know this. So his, so what's the story? His, so he, he didn't. I totally know what that song yeah. is. Yeah. So he didn't die in the house, but his widow um, moved to the house that we moved into um, after he had died. Okay. And so he committed suicide. Oy. And so she moved to, you know, where we um, the house we were in and, um, she would, when we were looking through the house, we initially, before we moved in, she had a room that ended up being my sister's room where she would, um, paint paintings of his head floating through the hallways of the house. Like she uh, would see him okay. as like a ghost. Well, floating. <laughs> well, uh, it's, it's therapeutic for her, but also <clears throat> so creepy. Yes. Very creepy. And so, um, and what? then there were rumors that it was built on an Indian burial ground or something. So what? my sister would have nightmares in her room because that was a room that was like the art studio. And um, we would have like someone did like a hit and run on our car that was like parked literally on the driveway. There was. So it is an unlucky house. Yeah, it was this like an unlucky weird. house. Yeah. So a lot of weird things happened while we were there. That's so weird. Right. And fascinating. Well, OK, so now that also leads me to. You kind of have a fascination with death, but it's a good, I think you have a good vibe about it. Like you yeah. like cemeteries and, and things. I mean, the reason why I like cemeteries is because there's no people there yeah. <laughs> and it's like a big, vast expansion of, you know, nature. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I'm super in into nature, so yeah. I get it. I, <laughs> I'm the happiest when I'm outside, so I totally get it. Yeah. So that's, that, that's more what you're into. But then again, there's the taxidermy and the, yeah. there's some death I think going it's, on. It's interesting. I feel like a lot of people have an aversion towards being around things that are dead because um, it it faces us with our own immortality and so it's uncomfortable. 
Um, mm. But I see death as a way to celebrate life or see the art form in life. I mean, mm-hmm. I was an art student, so taxidermy for me was the art of death. It mm-hmm. preserved. And um, because I thought animals were so beautiful and because I loved like bugs and different plants, um, the idea of being able to have it almost like a sculpture or a celebration of the evolution that created that thing was so cool to me. Yeah, I, I actually, when you explain that, I do get it. Like yeah. that's, there is, um, there's this author, uh, well, she's also, um, I think she's a mortician. What is it? Mm. I forget what it is. Her name is Caitlin Doty or Daughtry. Dot, I don't know. Oh, interesting. And she wrote a, she's written a couple books actually. And, and she kind of like, uh, like destigmatizes what the concept of like death is like mm. where it can be kind of a nice thing. Like it is, it is, it is what it is. Like, yeah. And maybe your your view is like that too. Yeah, I, I've, when they see well, the Greeks, the, um, the Greeks would say that the gods would be jealous of humans because every moment is so precious because it could be gone at any moment. Oh, I like that. Yeah. So I always see it as death is a reminder to live things more fully. Yeah. And if we lived forever, maybe we wouldn't. Everything would be seem so monotonous and would be seem so unfulfilling right because what's the point if you're going to live forever that's one of the most beautiful things i've ever heard actually that makes a lot of sense thanks (laughs) so i've been wanting to grow some plants in my apartment to just make it more homey i also wanted to grow some herbs but i didn't know how to do it and then i discovered plant package plant package is a gardening subscription box that delivers to your doorstep four plants a container just the right amount of soil and plant food, and instructions for assembly and care. It's the gardening equivalent of your favorite meal delivery service. And I never really knew how to garden, and they made it so easy for me. When I say it's super easy and everything is gorgeous that comes, you're going to love it. So plant packages for young professionals who live in apartments with limited space and who feel like gardening isn't an option for them. Or like the couple who bought their first home looking for curb appeal with no idea where to start. Or parents looking for a quick educational and relatively mess-free activity to do with the kids. Or people interested in gardening who get overwhelmed by all the plant options at garden centers. It's for so many people. If you're short on time, also for you. With Plant Package, the prep work of gardening is done for you. No need to go to the garden center. Plant Package selects durable seasonal plants. Past boxes have included flower plants, foliage, plants, fruit plants, and herb plants. Super excited to receive that one. Plants can thrive indoors and outdoors. The choice is yours. Subscription options fit to your lifestyle. You choose whether your box comes monthly, every other month, or seasonally. And gift options are also available, so it makes a great gift for the gardeners in your life. And each plant package is themed and features a wide variety of plants. So the current theme right now, November, is Thanksgiving Harvest. And they've teamed up with their friends at Savor Edibles and Fragrance to to bring a selection of herbs perfect for adding some homegrown spice to your holiday meals. That's amazing. So you're not going to have to go to the store for those herbs. They're going to come right to you. Upcoming theme in December is Home for the Holidays, featuring Four house plants and multiple containers make it easy to uh, gift to give someone. And some of the past ones in October, I received the witch's brew, uh, summer, the summer campfire, a deep red foliage plant paired with three flowers and oranges, reds, and yellows. The options are endless. And right now, Plant Package is offering listeners a Be Here for a while $15 off your first plant package with code Be Here. Visit plantpackage.com and use code Be Here to redeem at checkout. Offer is also valid for $15 off on gifts. So go to plantpackage.com and use code be here. Do you think that, God, we're getting heavy, but <laughs> do you think that, you know, people that are like school shooters and like mm. people that are angry that 
they're not living in the present because they're just so mad about their monotonous life. Like they're so mad about certain. I personally think, I mean, there have been a lot of shootings and that's a hard thing to talk about. Horrible. But I feel like I see, and I never, I mean, maybe I'm not even close to beginning to know like why someone does the things that they do. But my guess would be that it's um, a need for power and control and dominance And I think there's almost like a God complex or, you know, in someone that likes to take the life of someone else. And um, I've worked with a lot of children um, that don't have as much empathy. Um, I used to work with... um, Oh, interesting. And what what capacity did you work with them? I used to work with children with Asperger's. And not to say that everyone with Asperger's um, doesn't have empathy. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just uh, apathy versus empathy. So empathy is the ability to um feel like understand that other people have feelings and apathy is to know Mm -hmm. that their feelings are different than your own feelings okay so um i think when it comes to someone that does feel like they want to have the power of taking someone else's life something that's so precious to them it's almost like the um it's the lack of understanding that other people's mindsets are different than their own yeah Okay. It's kind of hard to explain, but um, no, but that, that no, yeah. that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. yeah, I think that is like a thing when people when people act out is like they just don't. You can't understand that, like, okay, do you feel like you're really empathetic as a person? Yeah, I feel like I am. Yeah, hopefully. I, I, <laughs> no, no, I feel like I am too, and I, I, I'm very. I have almost no judgment of other people in the sense of like when I. Because I walk and run a lot and I I mm-hmm. go, you know, down Santa Monica Boulevard and there's just a lot of homeless people and a yeah. lot of people that are a lot. It's also like a lot of like, like, it seems like young kids that are, they're not even necessarily homeless. They're just like. Trying to make a dream happen in LA. Yeah, but they're also just kind of wandering around mm. without choosing. They, they're fully mm-hmm. clothed and normal looking, but then they're just on drugs, I, I assume, mm-hmm. and, and whatever. But, like, I don't look at it and think, like, God, what a weirdo. Like, that mm-hmm. sucks. I'm like, what happened? Like, this makes me feel sad. Like, yeah. this is, like, what is, why did that happen to you? Yeah. Because I always feel like when it comes to, like, the homeless population, and, of course, a lot of people in cities are more desensitized towards it because we see it so much more. Mm-hmm. We're not as shocked by it. Um, but there's always a danger of one story. There's mm-hmm. a danger of... Um, being so desensitized that you think, oh, everybody was on drugs. Everybody has a drinking problem. Mm-hmm. Everybody has this. When homelessness, there's so many different cases that oh, yeah. lead to different home, like the homelessness, especially um, maybe the end of a marriage or um, just not being able to make that make rent when it's so expensive to live in LA. Yeah. And maybe moving to LA with a dream and only with a clothes on your back and a car. It's, you know, a lot of people you, do you're, that. You're 100 right, and yeah. I now feel bad about saying just the drug part of it. But no, no but that's but definitely a part of it. It's true. I mean, actually, a girl that I've had on my podcast a couple times, Erica Delacruz, fucking awesome girl. Her her mom chose homelessness mm-hmm. after uh, the 2008 crash. They lost their business. Her parents yeah. broke up, and her mom chose to be homeless because it just felt like an easier life in a weird way yeah and I've also heard that a lot of people who are homeless who live on the streets and the danger that comes with that um being high or being drunk is the only way you feel safe Mm -hmm. because you don't have to face the reality of being afraid at night and that people are when you are homeless homeless you are very susceptible to being robbed beaten up raped 
because who's going to listen to you yeah. you know and it's a sad reality to come to terms with but you know it, it's almost like your voice is muted to a certain extent yeah absolutely god we got heavy i know so, right yeah <laughs> getting deep here. all right back to you <laughs> <laughs> no okay so i guess i want to go back to to the 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 concept that you said about finding your own happiness mm. before being in a relationship and then i thought about it too because you're kind of in a long distance one often i I guess I'm not in a long distance one. It just, he's gone often. And there is something, and, and this has been a whole week of like, he's been gone all week. And like, well, like, I just got to be happy by myself. Like there's yeah. no, how, how do you, how did you come to that conclusion that you need to do that and, and work on yourself? And, and what is the, what do you do to? Um, I think it's just being able to find happiness, entertaining yourself or, um, putting energy into other relationships mm -hmm. you know I, I think it's easy to get so caught up in you know your boyfriend or girlfriend because they're the one that give you sexual gratis gratification as well as like emotional and you that relationship it's good to go really deep really fast mm -hmm. um and it's exciting to do that um and I think I think whenever Joe is away I use that time I, I usually whenever Joe is on tour he's doing something else or we can't see each other um i always use that time i oddly get really into arts and crafts and Ooh, uh like yeah end up doing like a lot of like house fixing up things i feel like i'm very i'm very useful when i'm by myself so, yeah um yeah i just like to busy myself because i we do spend so much time together so and i enjoy that i enjoy being having my alone time and being someone who's kind of never really been alone because i've had a twin my entire life yeah um it's it's almost uh it's like a, i'm like discovering something new about myself by actually being alone mm -hmm. yeah you like that yeah uh, yeah I, I get that yeah i mean i love being alone so yeah but, but yeah but it is weird when you're you you're in a relationship with someone and then like they're just kind of not there at a certain point and like yeah it's yeah. hard because I'm, I'm a very physical person like i like to physically be around someone mm -hmm. i'm i mean i'm not really a pda person but i love like holding them and just I'm very like I don't know whenever Joe and I are hanging out I have like at least one hand or something somewhere on him <laughs> oh that's so cute so it's just kind of like how I show my love and yeah. how I feel comfortable um so not having that it sucks yeah you know? but um yeah I don't know I, I feel like I've um I like who I am I enjoy who I am yeah I enjoy my like my own company so I think it's falling in love with yourself and um also being curious about who you are and what you're capable of doing is a fun thing mm -hmm. to to discover while you're alone yeah i like that and and this is in meant in no disrespect to you you're kind of a weird girl like you like <laughs> the taxidermy the weird stuff but i totally get it yeah i think i'm kind of a weird girl and it's kind of owning like i feel okay about it i, yeah, I, I like it adjective. yeah i like <laughs> it it's not it's not cool or whatever that people would like i like it yeah 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 it's interesting i think it's I think like the definition of weird to me is not being afraid to celebrate things you truly enjoy. Mm -hmm. You know, I think there's the pressure to conform to popular, popular ways of entertainment and things to fulfill your life mm -hmm. where being weird might be um, exploring curiosities that fulfill you. Yeah. Like I totally relate with that. Like I don't, I don't find pop culture interesting. Like I don't, yeah. I don't, look at gossip thing like I, I don't like it 
Mm-hmm. I would rather talk about what makes the the brain work and what like what people are doing like human nature and and just the I don't know like his, like makes... yeah in, things yeah. that are interesting like I don't really want to make fun of someone like yeah. that doesn't make me feel good it doesn't make that person feel good and yeah yeah, yeah I think it's a, I, I the one thing that I always try to s- live with is um to never to try to refrain from ever talking bad about someone because um you can never know what makes them the way that they are, Mm -hmm. like what their story is that led them to be the way they are. And I think at our base level, we're all trying really hard to be happy and we're all trying really hard to be the best version of the person we can be. Mm -hmm. I don't think anyone intentionally is trying to be cruel or intentionally trying to be a bad person. Mm -hmm. Everyone's the hero of their own story. Yeah. So I think looking at people in a way um, where it's easy to say they could be the villain, looking at them in a way of like, well, in their mind, they're the hero of their own story. So like, totally. how can you be like someone that, you know, is a positive effect to that as opposed to like defeating the demon? Yeah. You know? But do you think that there it's possible that some people are just kind of shitty? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think that has to do with early on, like psychologically when a child is learning about empathy and apathy, um, I mean, there's, we can get into like scientific studies about it or like studies that they've had with like children who don't have social interactions when, while they're yeah, going Yeah, tell me about it. it. I want to hear about it. I like your facts. <laughs> I know, I right? Stuff I interesting. Say, Actually, here's a fact. Yeah, give me like, a fact, Gunnel. I like it. my reputation. Um, so I used to, I love studying, um, what's it called? Um, there's a word for it, but I, I love studying cases where, oh, there's like neglect in mm-hmm. a child as they're going through like very key developmental stages yeah like of the certain childhood. ages of like yeah yeah so it's interesting to see like if you don't show affection or if you don't show um or at least speak with a child during um before they're seven then the child will never be able to speak you know like your brain grows Wait, in different, really yeah so your brain grows in different stages so the part of your brain that develops speech is um usually stops growing by the time you're seven so there's been studies of um, oh my god i've never heard that and i listen to this or follow this kind of stuff a lot like mm-hmm. so i've never heard this so if, if you don't speak to a child they may not ever learn speech yes yeah, so it might be something that they never obtain and of wow. course there's cases where they fortunately can but it's uh it's just that the connection of the brain just isn't there because mm-hmm. it wasn't exercised when it needed to be exercised so yeah. I, I think the same thing has to be, has to do with um empathy and apathy because we are highly social creatures and we develop mm-hmm. heavily on the social construct of like society for survival and for acceptance so if if you are to be ostracized by a group that could mean death mm-hmm. um so we Try very hard to avoid that at all costs. So, um, where was I going with this? I'm always like, where was I going with this? Um, oh yes. So, um, so if you are not nurtured as a child, and if you do not have empathy in your life, or someone teaches you like empathy, then you tend to be someone who is more quote unquote cruel or doesn't understand that other animals people. Yeah, that makes feel. a lot of sense. Yeah. yeah. So a lot of children who go through like neglect will end up. Um, if they get adopted into families with children, they'll end up uh, harming their ado- like their sibling or they'll end up inflicting harm on animals because they just don't understand. Like the McDonald triad or whatever. Do you know what that is? No, what's that? It's a wild, well, it's not a true crime. Um, <laughs> uh, McDonald triad is like a, a theory that mm. was, it's 
so a lot of like murderers, serial killers or whatever, they had the same three things that happened to them as children or that they were as children. It was mm. uh, harmful to animals, bedwetting, and shit, what was the third one? Harmful to animals, bedwetting, and I can't think of the third one right now. Uh, I mean, I assume neglect, but I can't think of what it is. But yeah. it's like it's like a, a three things that are technically usually involved in... Mm-hmm. Most of the people that end up being, but then again, they say that like the bedwetting probably was a result of neglect. Like it's mm-hmm. probably a kid that was just already stressed and sad, and yeah, exactly, and never had someone teach them how to avoid that. Yeah, or, totally. Yeah, I think I think there's a lot. Whenever a child is neglected by a parent, or the parent is just not doesn't doesn't have the time to put energy mm-hmm. into developing their child, then that's when. Yeah, things go awry. Yeah. Totally. Sorry, this went totally off track, and we're not <laughs> definitely like not totally talking about you. But yo, it is interesting. It is interesting. It is interesting. I want to tell you about something that has completely changed my life, and now also my family's life because I introduced them to Hempland USA as well. And Hempland USA is here to change your mind about CBD. We've all heard about CBD and its amazing health benefits, but with so many CBD companies out there right now, it's all starting to become white noise. But the best thing about Hempland USA is they have a next level CBD product called ECS5 that no other company out there has. And ECF, ECS5 contains a unique blend of black pepper, clove, hops, rosemary, and jujube that supercharges CBD so that your body can process it more efficiently. I'm incredibly, incredibly obsessed with their products. And like many of you, I've tried CBD in the past and it just didn't do anything for me. I gave up on it for a while until I discovered Hempland USA's groundbreaking ECS5 product. Okay, so I need to tell you what some of my favorite, so the ECS5, they have a CBD that I take in the morning that doesn't make me sleepy. It it gives me more focus. It's a little tincture I put in, but it, it calms my nerves while also giving me focus, which is crazy. Then they have a product that I take at night to calm me down to sleep, but that does make me kind of sleepy. I'm obsessed with the muscle cream. I work out a lot. I just rub it on my muscles. It instantly soothes them. And when I say that it's also helped my family, my dad uh, is you know, he's got cancer, but he's fine. Don't worry. But he's got really bad nerve pain. And he, uh, I just gave it to him this week that I'm in Thanksgiving. It has completely calmed his nerve pain when I say almost as a miracle. So guys, get involved. Hempland USA's proprietary blend of full spectrum CBD enhanced with ECS5 is available only at hemplandusa.com. They also have a full lineup of tinctures, soft gels, THC free products, topicals, loving the topicals, and a K9 formula to meet the needs of your entire family. And I have an offer for you guys, and you're going to want to do it. It makes a great gift too. You can take 20% off on your next order at hemplandusa.com and use offer code BEHERE at checkout. So to take 20% off on your next order at hemplandusa.com and use offer code BEHERE at checkout. Hempland CBD makes for a perfect gift during the stressful holiday season, so get your order in early. And Hempland is so confident that you'll love their products, they offer a 100% satisfaction guarantee. So experience the Hempland USA difference today and with offer code BEHERE at checkout. So circling back, what do you think it made about, what was it about Joe that was a good fit for you when, you know, you said you were in short-term relationships for a long time and... Yeah, I think the main, the first moment I really remember this could be something that lasts for a while was um, how like kind he was. And I, I realized this, uh, there was a certain point when someone 
was um, kind of talking bad about someone else and uh, because of their insecurity, they were uh, trying to put down someone. Mm -hmm. And Joe was one of the only people who stood up for the other person. And, that makes me love yeah. him. So he, he's very, very kind. And he's very, his main thing is like, never be cruel to anybody or never believe you're better than anybody. Um, and so that mentality was something that I really admired in him. Um, and, um, and I think... I think Joe and I really fell in love after Paradise and after mm -hmm. we because we did end up breaking up on the show and then we reconnected afterwards and then we were able to build how a did that happen like how did you reconnect so we broke up um on the show and then you broke up with him from what I yes, heard on that yes podcast. I broke up yeah. with him although there is a slight belief that I think that he broke up with me but um <laughs> <laughs> um but after that I I'd snuck him a secret note and I thought he was going to get it. And I thought he had my phone number because my phone number was there to tell him how I felt was on there. Um, and then he didn't message me or call me for three days and I was freaking out. Um, come to find out that he never got the message delivered to him. And um, isn't that crazy? Yeah. Your brain can be like, oh, fuck, it's three days and no one. But I you know. don't even know that he didn't get it. No, like, I didn't you, even know that. I was but thinking. You, go, you psychologically just go like, this is the worst thing ever. Yeah. I was like, like he's yeah. done. He's gone. Yeah. And I was, uh, I remember I was at the Getty with my family. I was like a little family outing trying to get over him. And I was crying uh, on the lawn in the Getty. <laughs> it's a beautiful place to do Yeah, it, it was beautiful. Yeah. And I, we had like little sushi and everything. You'd think I'd be happy, but, um, and then he DM'd me and I remember just like being so excited that like, oh my gosh, he's not going to just ignore me forever. It's really cute. Yeah. So that I flew, so I, then I bought a ticket to Chicago. Um, and I didn't tell the producers because I was thinking I want this to be away from the camera. I want it to be, I want to actually figure it out without anyone else's opinions. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I felt like, oh, I need to tell, I need to tell um, some of the producers because if I, if they, if it ends up being on some kind of article or someone takes a photo, yeah. then that, you know, it's against my contract and I don't want to, and also you develop relationships with people that are working on the show. You don't want to put them in a bad position. So um, I told them and they ended up sending a crew with me. Um, and this wasn't something that I wanted to happen, but, you know, I understood like, how the show was and so I was like you know I think if I if if I'm able to like get closure or figure out if my relationship's going to take it to the next level then I think the audience that's invested in the story mm -hmm. deserves to kind of know how it happened as opposed to it being like surprise we're together yeah um so long story short we uh kind of slowly built our relationship from there and then during the reunion we announced we were going to be together and then he got dancing with the stars ended up living in LA and so it just made it a lot easier. It all worked out. Yeah. 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 It's really cute. What, um, w what's next for you? Like, what do you, what do you want to do beyond the show? Well, you have your podcast, which yeah. I also thought was really good. <laughs> Thank you. Like, Thank I you. listen to a lot of podcasts and I get sick of a lot of things. I was like, oh, this is interesting. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, I basically play a third wheel in a blind date between two people that I bring mm -hmm. into the podcast studio and... It's pretty cool. It's been interesting to learn how to facilitate that and how to not get in the way, but mm -hmm. be like a good wingman for each side or to also recognize 
what creates true connection yeah and how to recognize well maybe there isn't a there's only a friendship connection what there. do you think record what do you think is true connection like what would you now that you've boiled yeah. it down a little bit I feel like my honest opinion about true connection is there has to be some kind of physical attraction mm-hmm. initially and I think that just provokes curiosity yeah um because uh you know I mean I think you want to be attracted to somebody because that's a sense of uh, my genes work with your genes. Like yeah. you're going to do like an unromantic, you know, version of that. Yeah, um, like pheromones type of thing too. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So like, oh, this would be a person that I can create offspring with. That's great. Um, so that's like the initial thing. Yeah. And I think after that, um, the respect comes from someone um, going along a path that's maybe unexpected or something that um, makes it so they're independent and they're not, they don't need somebody. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Okay. So I think people are attracted to someone that doesn't need them. Yeah. You know, and that's... But that can also be unhealthy when it's related to, like, playing games or something. But mm-hmm. you're saying, like, in a genuine way. Like, like in a genuine way. Like, yeah. I am a whole person yeah. that stands alone. And it'd be so wonderful to have you in my life and to, you know do adventures and to have entertainment through like being in a relationship but Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily like need this Mm -hmm. to be fulfilled yeah that makes a lot of sense yeah Yeah, I I like that I think it's very attractive yeah that's just part of the attraction and then um hating the same things (laughs) I mean you can like different things I think it's okay to like different things but hating hating the same thing thing goes a long way what do you and Joe (laughs) hate together um what do we hate together we both we both um, hate disingenuine people. And of course, I think that might be a common thing. That, yeah. Um, but, you know, being in the world that we're in, um, hate. we also both hate people who are entitled and who treat others as if they're not as important or not equal. Totally. I'm with you. So, and then we, we come across a lot of that, of course. Me, you, and Joe could be in a relationship, yes, I think. Yes, exactly, uh, right? I, 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 I hate that kind of thing. Yes, and you know, it's It's so, not nice. You're not better than anyone. You never know when you might fall. Like, it's exactly, not, yeah. exactly. And so, kindness goes such a long way. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that, that was something that we initially bonded over. Um, and... Uh, what else we go okay I mean we're we're but with everything else we're so different Mm -hmm. Joe and I and I don't think either of us anticipated ever seeing that we would make sense but somehow we do yeah Uh, we come from such different backgrounds we um we like such different things but in some sense do you think that makes it work though a little bit that it's so different well yeah he opens my eyes up to a lot of things Mm -hmm. um I am extremely thrifty and um, I love like vintage shopping, antique things, saving money. I'm very much like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm very much just like, I like to live within like my own means, but like less than my own means, you know, in a yeah. sense. I'm a big saver. It's kind of smart. Yeah. And Joe is very, uh, he loves to experience like the height of luxury. Um, mm-hmm. Not like overly, but he like loves like certain expensive brands or he loves like nice hotels or going out to eat and I mean the guy never cooked before we met so I think we find a good way of like balancing balancing each other out like Joe shows me amazing quality things like quality means a lot and Mm -hmm. quality means um treating yourself better and having things that stand the test of time and Mm -hmm. I think that's beautiful to see in this world um and I teach him maybe to uh save a little bit more and to be more thrifty and to not have to 
uh, buy name brands all the time. So yeah. I think we you don't necessarily need other. them all the time. Yeah, exactly. So I think we balance each other out. Yeah, I like I like I get both sides of that where I'm like, yeah. I like nice things, but I also know how to find things for cheap. Like, yes. I don't really need to buy the brand new purse. I can find it on a discount right? website. Exactly. Or I can sell. I just yesterday sold. I mean, probably I don't even know how much it's going to end up being, but like at least a thousand dollars worth of like clothes and purses and things. Oh, it's yeah. going to go up and like. I don't need it. I don't want it. I don't. Yeah, like, exactly. Like, and, but you know, I think I've learned that, um, it's nice to, to invest in things that are in really good quality. Yeah. And I may, maybe it's just because Joe's spoiling me and I need to, <laughs> so and funny. now there's no going back. I am now. Yeah, you can't, you can't. Yeah. You're different now. You've changed. I know. Right. Yeah. I've become affected. <laughs> well, okay. I've loved talking to you again. Tell me what's next. Tell, tell everyone where you can find their, your, where everyone can find your podcast, social media, all that stuff. So next, um, I'm really just kind of focusing on my podcast and wanting to go with that. Um, it's called Down to Date, and it's been a really fun adventure. Um, I'm also working on an app called Scene, which is also like a dating app, but it also has to do with uh, dating publicly um, on a public platform. So that's mm-hmm. something else I'm also doing. Um, so I'm kind of really getting into connection and dating and I like uh, that. that world yeah that's awesome and then your social media oh key kendall 88 i don't know why it's such a weird instagram uh, listen name. mine's weird too <laughs> mine is rachel no brian but it's really just rachel n o'brien because my middle initial oh but that's actually funny people though. read it like as rachel that. no brian yeah. but it's that's not what it was originally See, I, I wasn't even born in 88 i just like the number 88 you should just like it yeah and so everyone's like oh you're born in 88 i was like no i just like 88 yeah <laughs> hey you live your own life, buddy. Yeah. Why do you care? Yeah. Why do you care what number I use? Yeah. So that's know. awesome. Well, thank you for doing this. Of course. Well, thank you for having is, me on. Yeah, this is awesome. Thank you. Hey, everybody. This is Kendall Long. I was just on Rachel's podcast. Be here for a while. We had an amazing conversation about death and all the things, also things that aren't as dark You were as incredible death. on it. Well, thank you. I appreciate So that. many great stories. <laughs> so if you guys liked Rachel's podcast, Be Here for a While, make sure you check out my podcast, Down to Date. Which is awesome. Yes. It's like like a human experiment on it's insane it's so good science podcast dating all in one i love it